I'm so thankful that you're here. And um, Hambone gave you all the announcements. I'm not going to go through all that again. But I would say that we love having you here. And this is exciting. And, and I'm, I'm excited to get to know you more. But if you could, come out and join us on Sunday nights. We do a lot of our deep fellowship, getting to know each other, coming to love each other, growing together. Listen, we can come up here and we can put on a show, but that is not church, okay? We're not here to put on a show for you. We're here to love Jesus and worship Jesus and to give everything that we've got to him and to get to know you so that we can help each other. You can help me and I can help you turn and give back to Jesus. And we can do that uh, even better if you'll come and join us on Sunday nights so that we can get to know you and how God is working in your life and how he wants to help you help us help this city. All right, enjoy this video uh, before we have our word. Every second, 28,252 people are looking at pornography on the internet. Every second, $89,000 is being spent downloading pornography on the internet. We're addicted. 60% of women are addicted to lust. The average family has $8,000 in credit card debt. We're addicted to spending. 50% of men are addicted to pornography. That's one out of every two. One out of every eight struggle with alcohol addiction. Kids watch four hours of television a day. We're training our kids to be addicts. We can't stop eating. 63% of men and women are overweight. 49% of marriages end in divorce. We're addicted to our work. So many people struggle with addictions today. You struggle, and you know it. Others of you are addicted, and you don't know it. It's become so embedded into your life that you can't even recognize that you're addicted. What is your addiction? It's time to surrender what it is that's destroying you. pastor, uh, preacher, it's not always easy to preach. Can you bring the house lights up a little so they can get in their Bibles? There you go. There you are. Uh, sometimes we're forced um, as men of God, as women of God, when we're speaking to someone or uh, when I get up here and I speak to you and I teach from God's Word, we're forced to, to move upon issues that we would like to avoid. But this is part of the problem that we've avoided the hard issues, and so we've made 
church and faith and Jesus into something that he's not or that we take away and we only show partially who he is or what he does or what he's about. And so today I want to, I want to run headlong. I want to run toward the fight. I want to move toward the pain. I want to move toward the problem because if we never address the problem, we never get to the solution. And the fact of the matter is, you saw the video, you, you saw the statistics. Bottom line is, is that we are consumed with addiction in our culture. We are consumed with addiction in our schools. We are consumed with addiction in our cities. And there are so many of you who are struggling with addictions, and you're looking for someone to share with you the truth that will bring you outside of that addiction and give you freedom. The message title is Kid Chains Until Freedom Reigns. And the fact is, is that I don't think it would be a stretch for me to say most of you have heard, living in the Bible Belt, that we're all born into sin. But the problem is, is that that has just become a saying to us, is that we're born into sin. What does that mean? And what that means for me and what that means for you is that until something happens to break or cut the chains, to overcome the sin is that we are locked into a life of sin. We are locked into a life of addiction. We are locked into a life of pain and struggle with no hope in sight unless something is done with that addiction, unless something is done with that sin, unless something comes into our lives to break the chains and set us free that we might live. And what I'm not talking about, I'm not just talking about pornography. I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol, although those are extremely, extremely powerful addictions in our time, in our schools, in our lives, there's so much more that we have to consider because what we have done is that we have so consumed ourselves with the church southern uh, lifestyle that we think that as long as we're going to church every Sunday and as long as we're a part of something, that we're okay, we're covered. And so we dismiss or justify our addictions to work or our addictions to gossip or our addictions to bashing our neighbors and our so-called friends and fellow brothers and sisters at church i want to share this message with you today because i've been there and i too struggle and i too often have to remind myself of the work that jesus christ has done and the freedom that i now own not because of my payment, but because of Jesus' payment. I want to share this with you. Some of you have never heard this truth in this way before, and some of you have never accepted the freedom that Jesus offers. But some of you have accepted that, but you have turned and you have walked away from the life-giving blood of Jesus, and you have returned to your own sin, and you have put yourself back up under sin so that it might reign over you instead of the true King Jesus. And so today, I want you to listen for God to speak to your heart that he might set you free. Because if you're free in Christ, you're free indeed. Romans chapter 6, you can go ahead and turn there with me. Romans chapter 6, we'll be starting in verse 11. We'll be focusing on 12 through 14. Romans chapter 6, if you have your Bible. Romans chapter 6, starting in... Verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. 14. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Let's pray. God, I... I, I I lift my voice to you so that I could ask that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word, that you would send the Spirit, that he would dig down into our hearts, that he would reveal to us the secrets that we have tried to hide from ourselves. God, I pray that the power would come that would remind us of where we are or that would bring us from death to life, that we might be set free so that we would be able to live life to its full. And not only that, God, but that we would be able to lead others to a fulfilled life, to a free life, to a absolutely wonderfully true life. Not that would be um, missing pain and struggle, but that would have the answers and the hope to carry us through those pains and struggles. God, I give this time to you. I pray that you would sharpen my words and hide me behind a cross, for I'm nothing without you, and you are everything. To your glorious name, amen. As we look at this scripture, as we uh, consider what Paul is writing here in, in the book of Romans, as he's trying to help this, this, these people to understand what sin is in themselves understand their relationship with sin and then what it means and and really the significance for jesus christ battle with sin jesus christ overcoming sin jesus christ relationship with sin and how that relates to us as non-believers and as believers because there's some of you here today like i've said that you have never accepted jesus christ you've never been born again into this new family and so i want to i want to show you today what that means for you and then some of you you have been born again you have experienced the the cleansing blood of christ but you have you have lost sight you have turned your face away from him only to subject yourself to another false king namely sin and so what I want to do is I want to go through the scriptures with you, and I want to just show you what he is saying to you and what he is saying to me. First, let me set it up for you. Romans 6, 11 says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The fact is, is that you are one of two places in your spiritual walk in reality, okay? We a lot of the times dismiss spiritual things and we separate spiritual and physical things like they're two different things and we try to say, well, I'm okay, I'm okay here, I'm okay there, I'm fine, you know, I said that prayer, I did this, I did that. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're either in one of two places. You're either dead to sin and alive to God or you're dead to God and you're alive to sin. You see, we were all born worshipers. You were born with a God-sized hole in your heart. You were born with an eternal hole in your heart that only the King of Kings, that God Almighty could fill. You are a born worshiper. That's what you are. You are a continual worshiper all the time. And since you were created to worship, since you were created to drive, and let me ask you, you tell me, is there not a burning desire in you? And maybe at this moment you wish that you had your burning desire back. At this moment, maybe you have been dis extinguished. 
Maybe you've been set down and you feel like you're in the shadow and you just wish. You pray, you long for a drive, for a passion, for a longing. You were created for that. You were created. You were created to push toward. You were created to engage and to move and to be a passionate creature. And you are and you will. And if it isn't geared toward God, the one who it was built for, then you will turn and you will furiously chase something else in its place. That's why people get so consumed in their work. They get so consumed in, in drugs or alcohol or pornography or tearing other people down so that they can feel like something. And have you ever noticed that sin breeds sin? Well, you, every one of you know, you tell your children, you know, you say, if you tell one little white lie, it will lead to another lie. It's because sin creates sin creates sin. You don't have to try to become a, a bigger sinner. It just happens. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to try to become a sinner. It just happens because you were, you were made to drive. You were made to, to move and to be passionate and to, to, to fill this void. The thing is, is that God is the only thing that can fill that void. And if you try to do that by any other means, you have to. This is the definition of addiction. You have to continue to grow in your consumption of whatever that is because you have an eternal hole in you that's got to be filled. And there is nothing else eternal besides God. So if you don't fill the void with God, if you're not filled with him, then you can throw all you want to in the hole. It only makes you crave and desire more. Therefore, you become addicted because you have to continually fill the hole and fill the hole. That's why you have to have more and more and more. And the more you realize that this is not doing it, you have to move on. That's why if you are not fulfilled by Jesus, if you are not filled up by him and you try to set your wife up as your God, if you try to set your job up as your God, if you try to set your lust up as your God to get fulfilled, to get meaning, to get identity, you will absolutely destroy them and you will wreck relationships, marriages, and all kinds of other things. It's because your wife or your husband never was meant to fill that void. However, if your void is filled with the thing that was meant to fill it, then you are free to give instead of always want to take. If you're filled up with the love of God, you have everything you need so you don't have to continue to look at your kids or your wife or your husband and say, meet my needs, meet my needs, meet my needs, meet my needs. You can look at them and honestly, with pure motives, say, what can I do for you? Because I love you. Addiction is so overwhelming. We are all born in chains, kid chains. But we are all offered Christ, and that is when freedom reigns. As we get into the body of the text, we understand and see this pattern of addiction in our lives. And every one of you, I just ask that you take a look at your life. This is not outlandish, you know, crazy supernatural out there stuff. This is stuff that you deal with every single day. We talked about this a little bit last Sunday night. I shared some of this with, with, uh, our, with the core team of the well. And it was very, very honest, very, very kind of spearheaded. Bam, right in your side. Oh, that hurt. Because have you ever been in a place where you say, I'm not doing that sin again, I can't do it. And then as you're doing the sin again, you're saying, I'm not going to do this sin next time. You ever been in that place? You know that you shouldn't be doing it. You know you shouldn't be doing this. But you've got to do it. Let me show you why. 
Verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. You see, Paul is setting sin up as a false master. That's what sin is. It is looking to set itself up in your life as a king to reign and rule over you. So dads, now look, let me tell you right now, is that at the well there is a special emphasis on men. There is a special emphasis on men because we have come to realize, have been shown by God that where the husbands go, where the men go, where the daddies go, so go the world. Now, I am very thankful for all of you ladies, and the bottom line is without the ladies, the church would probably be dead. I am thankful for you. But I think that you would agree with me, most of you, is that you would love to see your man come alongside of you to fight for you, to protect you, to stand in the gap for you, to go where no one else has gone, to make progress for you, to sacrifice for you, to love you, to lead you, to fight through life and make a path for you to follow him. Now, will he fall? Yes, he will. But if he's following Jesus, then Jesus helps him up. And as Jesus does for him what he's doing for you, the family grows, the church grows, and our city might be saved. Does that sound good? And so what this scripture teaches me is that sin is looking to set itself up in your life, and not your life alone, but in your kids' lives as well. You see, sin is looking to be a king. And if you subject yourself, if you bow yourself low to that sin, it will make you. It will own you. It will force you to do that sin again. Does anybody else see that this is addiction? Have you ever wondered, why is it that I can't stop doing this sin? Have you ever thought that? I have. Have you ever thought to yourself, I know this is wrong. I know this is wrong. I mean, have you ever, we talked about this the other night, have you ever been texting a friend, a Christian friend? Please pray for me. What you don't say is, I'm about to sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know you're headed that way. You're like, bail me out. Pray that God would tear my computer up right now. Because if not, I'm going to sin. <laughs> you know? And then, and, then you, you, and then you do the sin. And you're looking back at it, and you know that you shouldn't. You should have done the sin. And you're looking back at it, and you say, and you start praying, you feel guilty. You look back at it and you say, why did I do that? I knew. I don't have time to do it, but Romans chapter 8 helps us a lot with that. Paul himself, the apostle Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Who then will set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. You see, sin is a law. Sin is a law in your members. Sin is a law inside of you. And the bottom line is, is that if you give yourself over to that sin, it will own you. Very easy, very simple, very simple. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. And I say that to you because you deal with your own personal sins. But now let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is looking to use you to do in your children what he has done for you so that he can reign in their lives. And the reason I say that is this, is that there's so many people, and look, I was just, I would, one day I'll give you my testimony. I went to jail nine times before I was 20 years old. Drugs, alcohol, fighting. I went to, not this school, but the old high school. I went to Landrum High School. I understand 
what they're dealing with. And you know what? I don't understand fully because now it is so much more extraordinarily overwhelming than it was even when I went to school. And I'm not sure that you understand how sin has moved in and is eagerly waiting to pounce on your children and to ravage them, to whisper sweet nothings into their ear and to reign over them as king in their life. Now, I've got to tell you this, men. I love you, ladies, but let me talk to the men for just a second. If you do not, if you are not led by King Jesus and follow his example to be a king, a little king, in your house, then your kids will find another king. You hear that, men? If you do not be, if you are not the king in your house, your children will find another king. Okay? Now, by king, I know some of you really quickly go, well, you know, especially some of the ladies, I'm not going to be dominated in my house. What are you talking about, king? What about the queen? <laughs> well, listen, what I'm talking about is a king like King Jesus. And true kings are self-sacrificing. and they'll lay their life down for their queen or their people in a minute. They're not harsh rulers. They're not chauvinistic. They don't dominate, but they listen and move in order to inspire. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. But, Dad, I'm talking to you. Because sin is looking to set itself up in your children's life as a king and sit on the throne. Let's move on. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. I highlighted that word make, and uh, I don't know if those notes were up there. Uh, were they in that software? Somebody? No, yes? Okay. Never mind. Bottom line is the scripture says that let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies because it will make you obey. That's what it says, to make you obey its passions. Listen, I want to I just go ahead and get something out of the way. You do not have the power to overcome sin on your own. You can't do it. You can't. I don't care how much you will and grit and, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, I will not sin. I don't care how many countermeasures you take. I don't care if you get all of your... Uh, TVs out of the house or computers out of the house, you will find a way to look at porn if you want to look at porn. You will find a way to get drugs. You will find a way to gossip. This guy's in prayer requests. I, you, none of you have ever done that, have you? Could you please pray for such and such? She's a terrible person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sin will set itself up in your life, and unless you have something that's stronger than that, that sin or someone that's stronger than that sin that can come in and say sin back down, then you can't do it. Because when you go sin back down, he goes no, and you say yes, sir. Okay? It will make you obey. That's addiction. See how the Word of God, it's really sharp. It's really good. It will get right in here where we are. That is, the, that is the definition of addiction. You know you shouldn't do it, but you give yourself over to that sin. It sets itself up as king in your life. It rules over you, and you are forced to do what it says. That's the way it works. Now, let's move on, because good news is it doesn't have to be that way. Verse 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God, listen to this, as those who have been brought from death to life, 
and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Do you see that? What he's saying is, is that once you have come to know God, you have been transferred from, as another scripture says, it, from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the, into, the, into the kingdom of light where his son is reigning. You have been taken out of death into life, out of darkness into light, out of slavery into freedom. Okay? And so what, what's going on here is Paul is saying, look, take advantage of the power that you've been given. You don't understand that before Jesus Christ comes in and breaks the power of sin, justification, once he wipes your slate clean, once he imparts righteousness to you, once he brings you from the family of death into the family of life, once he does that, sin no longer has that power over you if you will let Jesus live in your life to break the sin power over you. That is so simple, it's hard. It's so simple. And, and the picture here, the picture here, it says, don't present your bodies, don't present the members of your bodies to sin. So the picture is this, is that you're coming either one or two ways, okay? You're either coming to sin that's setting up as king, and you're getting down and you're saying, here I am. Here's my, don't present, see, it's a gift. Don't present this to sin. Don't give it to him. You don't understand the sin in your life is amazingly powerful. You don't understand the little acts. See, God, he goes from, now he's going from the general to the specific. He's talking about you in general being in the family of God. But now he's coming down and he's saying, listen, you've got to take care of your individual members. Don't give your hand to, to sin. Don't give your eyes to sin. Don't give, your, don't give your thoughts, don't give anything to sin, or it will make you obey. The word obey in the original language, it really has an emphasis towards listen. And so the scripture is saying, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him because he's a sweet talker. He will convince you that this is the way to go. And before you know it, if you listen, if you give heed, if you stop for a second to move toward the sin, then he will have you bowed down saying, what can I do for you? Here I am. Sin is more important than you understand. It is not just looking at pornography one more time. It's not just working late one more time when you know you should be at home with your boys, with your girls. It is sin whispering to you that money's more important. What you want and what you long for is more important. It is sin saying, don't worship God, worship me as God. It's huge. And we don't understand dads. Again, let me go back to dads. If you don't, if you don't be the middleman between Jesus and your kids, they will go find another king, and they will be on their knees before their king's sin, saying, take me, take me, I'm yours. I can't wait to get to the end of this because I'll show you that there is hope. There is hope for our schools. And I can do all I can do. I can get in here on FCA, and I can go to the football team and the basketball team, and I can have some of you helping me. And we can make a difference. But the real difference will come when you dads, when you men, when you step into this thing and you say, Brandon, Mark, Jesus, you're right. You're right. I want to do right, but I, what do I do? When that happens, 
See, it's a beautiful thing. It's because you help someone move from darkness to light. And when they're in the light and they learn how to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, then they help others to walk in the light as Jesus in the light, is in the light. And we are disciples making disciples making disciples. And one day can change the life of ten kids. We've got to move on. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for righteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. <coughs> and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Look, bottom line, bottom line. Now, this is for those of you who have asked Christ to come in to save you and have truly and intimately come to know him but are struggling right now. You do not have to struggle. You do not have to go that way. You remember a while ago when I said that sin breeds sin and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, the bottom line is, is it, is it hard to sin? Is it hard to sin? It's not really hard to sin, usually. But let me ask some of, you, some of those of you who have walked with Jesus and you've been in your Bible and you've been, you've been being read by the Bible. You don't just read Scripture, but you get into a place where it's reading you. And it's convicting you and you're repenting and you're moving and you're, you're singing songs to Jesus in the car looking like a crazy person. And you're in the parking lot at the well looking like a crazy person and you're just having fun. You meet with God's people and you're fellowshipping and you, you, you're thinking about Jesus all the time. You're meditating on Scripture. You're memorizing Scripture. Does this sound weird to you? If it does, then we've gotten away. We've gotten to a place. I mean, you tell me. You tell me. I meet people every single day. We've gotten to a place where church is done on Sunday. And we don't teach our kids anymore that let's write some scripture down on a card and put it in our back pocket. Let's pull it out each, about once an hour and read it. Do you know the power that that has to defeat sin? Remember I told you, you do not have the power to defeat sin. Who is the only one that's ever defeated sin? Come on. Jesus. If you do not enter in through the victory that he's won, you will not win the victory. But how many of you that have been there, have been meditating on Scripture? And I know that we, you know, we live as human beings like this. You didn't know I could move like that, did you? We live on roller coasters, I understand. But you know what? How many of you have been in that spot where you pressed into Jesus? You're loving Jesus. You're walking with Jesus. You're meditating on Jesus. Is it hard to sin? It is. It is. Now, let me ask a real question. Don't raise your hand and don't look at the person beside you. How many of you struggle with sin? Every one of you would have raised your hand. And probably half of you would have looked at the person beside you because you're a sinner. How many of you would love for it to be hard to sin? Right? I mean, how many of you want it to be easy to sin? Wouldn't it be cool if it was hard to sin? Wouldn't it? That would be awesome. And I'm telling you, that's possible. And God is telling us right here through Paul how that's possible. He says, do not present your, your members to sin as instruments for righteousness, unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Bottom line is the, the picture is painted like this, is that if you will realize that you cannot defeat sin and enter into the one who has already defeated sin, then you will be able to become a warrior for God. And not only will it be hard for you to sin, 
you will promulgate righteousness. You will create righteousness. You will impart righteousness. You will be a rod that God uses to chastise the sin in everybody else's life. You will become a well through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You will be a place where people can come and drink deeply of the living God. You will be a part of the redemption of our city. You see, God is not only looking to help you with some problems, God is looking to set you up in power. The power of the one and only Son of God who came down out of heaven, was killed on a cross so that sin could be paid for, put into a grave to come up out of the grave and ascend into heaven with the overwhelming appearance and evidence and showing of power that sin could be dealt with. And if you know him, then the only way that sin overpowers and overcomes you is you go back to it and you say, here you go. For the child of God, sin has no power but what you give back to it. Verse 14, I'll show you. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. This is the last point. I'll wrap it up. If you have been moved from death to life, if you have been born into a new family, a family of the king, you are an heir to the throne, and you have power that you don't even realize that you have. You have power to be an influence in people's lives that brings them from death to life. And what the Bible is saying here is that if you have come to know Him, if you have known Jesus, if you have put your trust in Him, if you have called on Him, if you have been born into Him, then sin has no dominion over you. It doesn't. You do not belong to sin anymore. You belong to the King. And my Bible tells me is that nothing can separate you from Him. What then shall separate us from the love of God that is found in Jesus? Neither depth nor height, angels or demons, anything. Height nor depth, created or, or, or anything. Nothing can separate you. The only power and dominion that sin has over you is what you give back to it. You have been given freedom. You have been given power to move away from sin. You have been given strength to overcome. Yet, we often go and bow to this false king. We give our power away, and when we bow to this king, it is very, very, very likely that our children will be bowing beside us to this false king. But the picture here is, you say, okay, okay, that sounds good. What does that look like? What does that mean? I love this picture here. I was asking, I was asking Heather, you know, I, my wife, I've been working on this and working on this and for several weeks now. And when we get up and rolling every Sunday and everything, we want to incorporate all types of stuff in our worship and in our message. We want to do, uh, I believe, uh, and we believe, that uh, God is a redeemer of all things good and not just um, preaching, not just singing, but that he gives each one of us different talents and abilities and gifts and things like that. And so... I wanted to have a little um, interpretive movement, a little skit or a little demonstration of this because this is so powerful. And I give this to you dads, I give this to you moms, a lot of you are single moms out here. 
Um, I basically had a single mom. I say hoorah for single moms. I love you guys. I, you know, hats off to you. But this is a wonderful picture. Listen to this. For sin will have no dominion over you. Okay, he's saying, see, he's saying for the believer, for the believer that comes into this family, sin has no dominion over you. It has no authority over you. It has no power over you. It has no right to you. Does that make sense? It has no right to you. It, it, it has no right to come in and mess with you. But it does because you let it. Okay? Listen to what it says. For sin will have no dominion over you since I loved, and I'll, I'll help you to, to learn how to study scripture as I go. This is how I preach. Pay attention to those words. Therefore, when we first started, and this word since, pick out those words. Because what this is saying is the sense here is the reason why it won't have any dominion over you. Listen to what it says. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. It will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Since you are not under law, but under grace. And the word picture is this, and I'll leave you with this. There's two ways, there's two ways that someone or something can stand over you. Okay? As a matter of fact, yeah, I think, Skylar, you want to come help me for a second? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, See, somebody want to come help me for a second? Rachel, who else? Come on, Rosemary, that's fine, come on. Go around this way right here. Improv. <laughs> this was not planned. You have to go around the ramp there. There's two ways, there's two ways that someone or something can stand over you, okay? One is domination. Two is protection. All right. She's very brave. Okay, what I want you to do is just kind of, this is Rosemary, right? Yeah. All right. Now, what I want you to do is just get down on your knees. I will. All right, there are two ways. Now, I'm bigger than Rosemary. I'm stronger than Rosemary, right? Would we agree? I wasn't talking to you, Mark. TJ, get out of here. Now, there's one or two ways, if she's in a, submiss a submissive position to me, I can stand over her. See, I'm standing over her now. I could dominate her, and I could make her do what I wanted her to do because I'm stronger, I'm more powerful, I'm, I'm faster. I can make her do whatever. I could make her my slave, you know. I could dominate her like this, and she would be in terror. This is domination, okay? This is what sin is looking to do in your life. It's looking to reign over you. It's looking to dominate you. Because you are under its power. You can't do anything else. It's bigger than you. It's stronger than you. It needs, you need someone to come in and jerk sin up by the collar and to get it out of here. Because the other way is, is that if I would have done this right, there would have been another guy come and jerk this guy out of the way, and he would stand over Rosemary in a protective position. Everybody give Rosemary a hand. I have to apologize to my wife. She does not like surprises. <laughs> Probably just freaked her out. <laughs> Bottom line. Do you, do you bow down to sin and let it dominate you? Do what I say! Or do you give yourself to Jesus and the grace of God and realize there is nothing that you can do to overcome that sin that's dominating over you? There is nothing you can do. You will be dominated by it. That's bottom line. 
unless you call out to King Jesus, who will come and has already come. It is finished. He's already won the victory. Will come and pick sin up, toss him out of the way, and say, this is my son. Now, who's going to defeat Jesus? Somebody tell me. You see, I, I'm, I'm opposed to a lot of our... A lot of the message that's been coming out is, is that Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and he wants to hug you and give you sweet kisses. And I love that Jesus. That's cool. I love that Jesus. He really does. He is a lover of lovers. He is. He's sweet. But you go read Revelation 19. He is also the baddest man that ever touched the face of the earth. And no one, no one will last if they stand against him. For you men, that's King Jesus. He will not be thwarted. He will not be pushed back. He will not be knocked down. He will not even be spoken to in a harsh manner because he will smack his teeth right out of your mouth. Ask Paul. Knocked him off his horse, made him blind, and the hill and spit in his face. I'm not even making this stuff up. Jesus is awesomely powerful, and he is looking to reign in your life, not harshly and over-demanding and, and looking to dominate you and take fun away. No. He's looking to set you free and to pick you up off of your knees and to say, let's go. You follow me, I will clear the path for you. And men, as you follow that man who's the baddest man that's ever touched the face of this earth, God, the God-man in the flesh, as you follow him, your kids will see you and they will follow you and they will overcome these drugs. They will overcome this pornography. They will overcome this gossip and this this alcohol and everything that's tearing us down. But it starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with us not presenting ourselves to sin, but presenting ourselves to God as we move through this life. A couple of points of application. You say, all of that sounds good, all of that sounds cool. What does that mean for me right now, right here? Look, a couple of really easy points of application. Some of them have to do with the well. Some of them have to do with you and your life. Bottom line is stop sinning. Stop sinning. And if you don't know Jesus, it's like saying, rock, rock, rock. You can't stop sinning if you don't know Jesus. If you've never experienced Jesus, then come and experience him today. We will have a team up here, and if they want to start moving forward, we want to help and speak into your life. Maybe God has already spoken to you today, and he wants to... He wants to move in your life and give you that power for the first time. Or maybe he has reminded you that you are a child of the, of the king. He's wanting to work in your life. So stop sinning. Start moving toward God's. Offer yourself to be used by him. Start reading the scriptures every single day. Every day. And I know you're busy, but if you're too busy to get with God and to get in the word, you're just too busy. That stepped on my toes. We've got to get in the Word. We've got to press into that King. And let me just share with you, at the well, we want to help you to do this too. And we've got a few ways to do that, more to come. But we want to do, we'd rather do a few things great than a whole bunch of things not so great. And so we offer, we, I would say to you, practically speaking, to join together with other believers. Join together with other believers. You can feed off of their victories. You can learn from their pains and struggles. And you can help be encouraged when they suffer well and when they have an exciting time in their life. We have services at the well. And if you don't fit here, we want to continually be kingdom-minded here. If you don't fit here, 
please find a church somewhere find a body of believers that will love you that love jesus more than they love you so that they can speak truth in your life even if it hurts that will pour into you that will grow fellowship with you that will spend money on you and time on you and pain on you and blood on you and tears on you and, and laughter on you join with other believers speak in the life of those around you missions we do missions saturdays but that's not all we continually throughout the week there's a bunch of people on the teams that i'm on that that they go out of their way to go and just hang out with guys and spend time with guys and have conversations with guys and go to have coffee with people and to clean houses and to give money and you name it pour into someone else because i'm telling you right now the best way for god to pour into you is to use you and a lot of the times we think well you just want me to do this you just want me to do that no listen it is more it is really is a it is more blessed to give than it is to receive god is looking to use you in a mighty way and if you'll step into that then he will use you and it'll be for your glory i mean for his glory and for your benefit and then the last is our bucket group our bucket group